the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. successfully completed negotiations on a brand new deal to terminate and replace NAFTA and the NAFTA trade agreements with an incredible new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement called U.S.-MCA. It sort of just works. MCA. <laughs> we have negotiated this new agreement based on the principle of fairness and reciprocity. To me, it's the most important word in trade because we've been treated so unfairly by so many nations all over the world, and we're changing that. By the way, without tariffs, we wouldn't be talking about a deal. Just for those babies out there that keep talking about tariffs. That includes Congress. Oh, please don't charge tariffs. Without tariffs, you wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be standing here. I can tell you Bob and all of these folks would not be standing here right now. And we're totally prepared to do that if they don't negotiate. There you go. Eric, right. Eric, USMCA. Here right, we go, there Gary. we go. <laughs> yeah, that's President Trump. USMCA, the new... Uh, All right. You know, he, is he winning the trade wars, Gary? I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's as big as the... You know, he, he called it the biggest deal ever, the biggest trade right. deal ever. I think Fact Check had a little problem with that, but I don't know how big it is. Right. I, I mean, is it going to affect our lives? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so, you know, the automobiles. I guess the dairy farmers in the U.S. are happy. If it's uh, if it's a positive change, I don't. I guess the USMCA. That's what we call it now. Okay. I think you can put you know, the words right to the song. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just glad you picked a song this morning that I knew right away. Well, I, I, I look for any excuse <laughs> to play this song. Right. That is a, it is a fun song. All right. Um, go ahead and let's get us. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial. Food for Thought. We're a financial radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. Um, We're here to give our listeners helpful information about issues that may impact their financial life. 
uh, financial news you should be aware of and understanding the choices that are available out here uh, out there um, in the financial world and hopefully so you're just not letting things fall where they may and being passive if you be if you're more active in your planning your and your financial life you get a better result and we are uh, sponsored by the estate planning team the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm and we've been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 30 years now through unbiased objective analysis and recommendations our recommendations are based on um, different math models and scenarios and actually that if we do enough analysis the decisions for our client are are much easier and using very detailed assumptions on your income and expenses um, different inflation rates taxes assets growth rates and putting that all together in a comprehensive plan we are also accredited members of the Better Business Bureau and a um, and a rated members of the Better Business Bureau and also super super service award winners of Angie's List for people who want to do do due diligence. We are um, our home offices in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area. And not only are we known for that unbiased objective analysis, um, and we don't believe in there's um, any good products or strategies out there. It's how if they're used at the right time for the right reason. Um, but we're also known for customized plans, comprehensive plans. And if you've listened to the show, you know, we believe in we're big on coordination of advisors and advisors talking to one another, whether it's the investment advisor, the tax preparer, the attorney, the insurance person uh, to get the best result possible for the client. And um, if you, we offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and look at um, how our process is very different. At the consultation, we talk about your individual questions and concerns. If you provide us information ahead of time, we actually show you a sample of the, of the model and run some reports. And this is a time of the year that we're really um, starting to gear up for year-end planning and year-end tax planning and taking advantage of opportunities in this complicated tax code. Um, and every year stands on its own. And what we're looking at, too, for a lot of our clients, some of them want to do it early. Maybe they're headed to Florida or down south or just want to get it done before the holidays. And we're looking a lot of times about cash flow planning and IRA distribution planning and saying, can I do, is there room on the tax return, especially if I'm in a zero tax bracket, as I talked last week, um, or do I want to take advantage of these lower tax rate, pull money out of my IRA at a more favorable rate than it may be in the future, um, or do I have room to convert it if I'm not spending it, um, converting it to a Roth conversion? Um, and we'll talk about, um, as the fall goes along, many cases that we have into it. I know last week I had a case where, um, it's before somebody is t- taking their minimum required distribution. They could pull 20,000 from their IRA and not pay, um, pay in a Z and still max out their zero tax bracket, meaning they're not going to pay any taxes on that $20,000 distribution. So there's a lot of opportunities um, and we help people whether they're working, probably what Mark, 10 years or less or 15 years or less from retirement. I think it depends on a case by case basis as far as people um, cause sometimes I, I tell people we have, you know, that if you're 30 years from retirement, it might be too soon because uh, yeah. there's going to be a lot of changes. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say even 15, I think is a little too long. In other words, if you're within 10 years, mm-hmm. um, you still, it's still, you have a lot of unknowns within five years. You seriously have to start looking at it. Um, 
we have people who come in, you know, five weeks before they right. have a retire. Oh, yeah. um, and or, or we've had, I've had probably in this year, I've had people that have already retired, but they're like, now what? <laughs> right. So it, it typically, it just depends on, you, you know, how much time and effort you want to put into it. And what I have found is that if it's so far out in the distance, you really, it's not really that urgent to you and it's really not something you're going to focus on. And, and we can't build a plan without your support. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, this has got to be your plan. It's not our plan. Right. So we offer the free consultation. Thank you for people who came out to our classes. We appreciate it. Yeah, saw a lot going. of new faces, some right. old friends. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that we're going to fit in any more classes this year. It just depends. We have a pretty full calendar. Um, so, but keep posted. I will announce those. Also, if you sign up for our newsletter on financial food for thought, um, dot com, you're going to get information on the upcoming classes, um, any financial news. I know I just blasted stuff out about the Medicare enrollment information just as, and I try to put reminders or if there's other financial news, but you can always take advantage of a free consultation. That's about your numbers. We can do that by phone, in person at any of our locations. We do have evening availability and sometimes early morning for people who have busy work schedules. So we try to be accommodating as possible and make our process as easy. So if you'd like to take advantage of the free consultation, we are scheduling now through the end of the year. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And remember the free consultation. If you're looking at any year-end planning strategies, don't wait till the end of the year. You need time to do the analysis and actually implement those strategies. All right, you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And if you are 10, 15 years away from retirement, but you are serious about starting to build a financial plan, Mm -hmm. by all means, we, we can try to see if we can help you. Now, also, Carrie, you know, that group sometimes has other concerns. In other words, they may want to just get going on a plan for like their next five years, you know, because that group may be having some changes going on. They Mm -hmm. may be getting, maybe they're doing a job change, you know, maybe they're getting into a peak earning years. Maybe their kids are, you know, they're starting to have kids or their kids Mm -hmm. are getting to an age where they have to start thinking about college education. Right. And and that's not something that they want to look too far past. They're just trying to maintain their own lifestyle. Right. Maybe they're looking to upgrade a home, you know, those types of things. So sometimes if at that group, it says, well, yeah, we really don't need to be talking about retirement plans if, you, if you're planning on working for 15 more mm-hmm. years. But, you know, what do we need? What You know, what is concerning you right now? In other right. words, are you trying to decide, can I afford college for my kids and still retire at 65? You know, or are you part? Part of the fire movement, you know, the financial independent retire right. early. That's a whole different ball game, right? Or know? I'm thinking of we've had cases where people are all of a sudden they're young and they're making now, you know, six figures. 
which they never did before. So they really don't know how much should they be putting toward debt? How much should they put in a company plan? Should they be right. contributing to a Roth? Um, you know, should they pay off the student loans early? Should they pay down the mortgage? You know, can I afford? Cause some of those people, all of a sudden now you're making a lot of money that you didn't know before. You know, can, right. when can I afford a new car or, or putting that short term pieces together? Right. Now, if you're going to follow the fire movement, you don't spend any money, Carrie. That's the whole point. Um, you, you know, the fire movement are big believers and you don't spend any discretionary spending. You know, it's all do it yourself mm-hmm. and you save every penny you can, mm-hmm. you know, for a short period of time till you get your nest egg up to a point where you can live off the uh, principal and earnings for another 40 years. Right. Um, you know, Susie, but I just still think that's not realistic because well, people, you know. Okay, Susie. Well, you agree with Susie Orman then, because she came out this last week and said that that's ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not quoting her, but her basic point of her her uh, commentary was that you you know you you're going to need five million, and that raised a lot of eyebrows and saying, you know, Susie, what are you talking about? What do you mean I'm going to need five million to retire early? And you know, and she, but she was just making the point that if you think you're going to retire at 30 years old or 35 years old, you, you know, you really got to better crunch some numbers, you know, with a rising cost that, that's going to right. happen over remaining years. Now, um, and and you know, and and there's other, and but she's also, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. She remember she a few months ago came out and said that everybody better be working to 70. And a lot of people said, well, raise that, raise our eyebrows. And said, Susie, what are you talking about? What do you right. mean we off to work to 70? So, you know, she's, you know, so, and that's my point that, you know, I don't, it, it's your plan. You know, Susie Orman has millions and millions and millions, carry of what? Money? <laughs> no. Dollars? No, followers. Oh, uh, I was like, dollars, okay, no. I thought. She's very wealthy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have to worry about working but, um, anymore. But, you know, but the point is, I don't know how you can say anything so broad-based, because if you've got millions and millions of followers, it's not going to be appropriate for everyone. Right. So the, our point at the state planning team is don't worry about your neighbor. You know, this is not your parents' plan. It's not your coworkers' plan. Don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Sharpen your own elbows. Build your own financial plan based on your goals and objectives using conservative, realistic assumptions. And now you're on your way to a healthy retirement. And if you are just starting off, I don't think we have any millennial listeners to this program, but if there are out there and you're wondering what your plan should be, I got a simple rule for you. Follow the 50-30-20 rule. If you follow the 50-30-20 rule and if you've got Parents out there, or parents out there, if you have kids who are going to be graduating and they're not going to be boomerang kids, they're going to be launched and they're asking, you want to give them a good financial piece of advice, tell them to follow the 50, 30, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. And that basically says you take 50, whatever you're earning, 50% mm-hmm. of that goes to cover your mandatory living expenses, mm-hmm. home, auto, health, those types of right. things. Then the 30% of your earnings goes to discretionary spending. Those are hobbies, travel, you know, going out to the ball games, what have you. And then the 20% is your savings. If you follow that rule, you're on your very well path. Maybe you're not going to retire by age 35, but you'll be very happy to retire at age 65. Doesn't it depend on what you make, though? No, it doesn't. Really? Nope. It's, It's irrelevant. Because if you're, because you're still saving 20% of whatever you're making. Right. So it'll still be okay. 
I mean, Carrie, not right. for making five dollars a year, right? But I'm saying, no, I'm just saying, it, no, yeah. it, it's the same thing whether you're making fifty thousand a year or or a million a year. Well, doesn't that translate? Yeah, I may not have that great of a retirement. I might be able but to, if, but no. The point is, if you if you can maintain your lifestyle, right, by only spending or by saving twenty percent of whatever you make, you, you that lifestyle will be achievable in retirement. Right, but maybe you want more because you did save and save and save. Um, but we all know that you know just because you see that's the that's right, but the, that's not realistic because what if my mandatory? We know people that have chronic health issues. Sometimes mandatory um, life expenses are much more than fifty percent. Right, but if you have a if you if you've got a college degree uh, uh, salary starting at let's say twenty four. And you're going to follow the 50-30-20 rule for 30 mm-hmm. years. Believe me, Carrie, you'll be golden. Okay. Um, now, assuming that your 20% savings, you don't lose it all. Right. I was going to say, market. was it a recession? <laughs> so so uh, you've got to, you know, barring any, not that we'll, you know, and, and we'll talk about it. All right. So what I have, busy, busy, busy week. I have way too much to talk about today, Carrie. Okay. Um, just cut me off whenever you think I'm getting right. boring. Um, okay, let's start with the jobs report. Um, uh, mixed, good. I don't know. Well, they so, said I was going to say the headline said it was the lowest since 1969. That's the unemployment rate, right? right. So that was the good news. Right. You know, three point seven percent. The low, as you're right, low since 1969. Um, but the actual job non-farm payrolls came in below consensus. Of the consensus was 180 to 185. It came in at 134. But there is an asterisk, right? Florence. The hurricane. Right. So they explained the, 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 the missing the consensus by the hurricane um, and said that's the hurricane. That's Florence effect. That's not nominal. But the revision for the previous was huge. They revised up the last ones up to 270,000. And also, you know, experts also commented that the, the jobs report is always iffy in, in the August, September timeframe. A lot of times it's, it's revisions. But year over year, uh, average hourly earnings, 2.8%. Again, not stellar, but, um, but it, it, you know, good enough. I mean, if we, I mean, if you look at the year to date, uh, average, uh, uh, new jobs a month, it's, it's still, I think, better than $200,000, 200,000 200, mm-hmm. 200, jobs. So 200, averaging 200,000 jobs with a 3.9, uh, three, now 3.7 unemployment, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Do we, are we, you know, what we worry? All right. Um, so also something else major happened this week in the in the uh long term interest rates, right? Um and this is goes back, you know, I the Federal Reserve, you know, they raised interest rates. Um but they uh, you know, and a lot of people saying that you know, the new, you know, chairman Jerome Powell doesn't know what he's doing because he doesn't have a doctorate in economics. And I always say I don't care who it is, anyone who's got to that position of chairman of the Fed is smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, and so now they may be proving this up because remember, all of a sudden, the long term rates, you know, whether you look at the 30 year or the 10 year treasury notes, broke through the 3% barrier. Okay. Um, now that's, you know, depending on what side of the coin you think that's good news or bad news, one of the things that does show is that, you, you know, perhaps the Fed Reserve was correct when they were stating a, a few weeks ago that they weren't worried about the flattening yield curve. Because all of a sudden, the yield curve is no longer flattening. And, you know, and, and the idea that they're, you know, can they still, you know, are they that smart that they really know what they're doing? 
and it's different this time. Um, so we had the, you know, that was now that shook up the stock market a little bit. Okay. Um, but you know, you're going to have volatility. Um, but does this, you know, is this leading towards, um, and, you know, an extended, you know, whether you, whether you say the bull market is going to extend or the, this U.S. expansion is going to continue. And maybe that recession 2020 is a bit premature. Okay, so are you now in the camp that believing now that maybe we're going longer than 2020? Um, that would be great for Donald Trump, right? right? You know, because of that, there's a little election happening in 2020. Um, you know, and, and now, but, you know, Fed Chairman Powell, you know, he, he's not saying, you know, that he's not worried about things. You know, he made a funny comment. That, you know, someone had asked him, one of the reporters asked him, you know, what ke- what keeps him up at night when he, th- he thinks about the economy. And his simple deadpan answer is everything keeps him up at night. Um, you know, and, and he's also made comments that is this a too good to be true economy? Um, you know, um, but, you know, he's also saying, hey, the, the economy can expand. But, you know, a big concern is, you know, we have these midterm elections coming up. Right. That could be an October surprise. I don't know. But we also have this little trade war, right? And, right? and so, you know, that's still the China trade war still isn't resolved. And so the Fed reserves and uh, their opinions to say, you know, that could upset the apple cart. Um, Two thirds of U.S. business economists see recession by the end of 2020. Okay, that's one side. Mm-hmm. But for every expert, Carrie, that I can tell you that believes it's going to be 2020, what do I say? I'll show you another one who says it's right. not. You know, um, so Goldman, okay, um, recession risk is well below average for the next three years. You know, who do you believe? Um, you know, you could look at the alternative uh, recession uh, uh, early signs, Carrie. You're, okay. You're Okay, let's see. Um, these are some ones you might not know about, Carrie. Okay. Um, popcorn prices. Okay. Alrighty. So you can correlate anything. Doesn't mean it's yeah. meaningful. So as if movie theater pricing weren't high enough already, the price of popcorn tends to go up during economic downturns. Okay. okay. People cut back on non-essential spending during recessions, and taking in the latest blockbuster on a big screen often falls to the bottom of the list. With fewer people going to the movies to spend their money, theater managers have to fill their revenue gap somehow. And the easiest way is by raising the price of popcorn. Okay. All right. Um, how about the necktie styles? Am I the only one that still wears a necktie, Carrie? Maybe. I don't know. Um, in, a business, in the business world, thin, brightly colored ties are considered to be daring and youthful. Wider ties and darker, neutral colors are considered to be more traditional and mature. Some some observers have noticed that when the economy is doing well and jobs are plentiful, men tend to wear colorful and skinny ties because they are confident about job opportunities and are willing to be daring individuals in the (laughs) office. When the economy is poor, men wear more conservative ties because they don't want to risk looking immature. So what color tie? What color tie do I have on? Well, you got some blue and purple and gray going. But not really bright, right? No, no. It's not thin. You you know what? Actually, you're, yeah, you're. You're, so I'm you're bullish right, right now. Yeah, you're yeah, in the I'm middle. Little, yeah. I'm a little bullish. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but Carol, we're not going to talk about my personal one on the next one. Okay. Uh, that's the men's underwear sales. Okay. All right. Um, what? Um, yeah, actually, Alan Greenspan, <laughs> talking about Fed chairman, Alan Greenspan was a big believer in the men's underwear theory. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, um, all right. So it's um, so people who don't have enough money make sacrifices. 
Okay. So men tend to sacrifice new pairs of underwear when the economy is bad. This proved true back in 2009 when the U.S. economy was suffering through the Great Recession. Sales of men's underwear declined slightly. Um, since going commando wasn't a fashion trend at the time, observers assumed <laughs> men were wearing their old boxers longer and cutting the cost in the least visible way possible. You get the picture, Carrie. Right. right? Um, I don't have to be any more graphic than that, right? Yeah. So, so those are some of the, you know, so that maybe that's going to make your decision. Okay. On whether we're going to have a recession, uh, before or after 2020. Um, let's see. Um, but, the stocks, interesting, the stocks have been doing pretty well, mm-hmm. right? And again, we always tell people, the estate planning team, we don't manage investments for our clients. Right. That's not what we do. We're not here to tell you what stocks or bonds or mutual funds to buy. Don't come into us if that's what you're looking for. You know, we are not investment advisors. We do not manage clients' money. We are a fiduciary, as Carrie, you had mentioned right. earlier. Um, so we are, you know, but we, we are more traditional financial planners building models based on, you know, conservative realistic assumptions than we are about telling you what stocks and bonds to buy. All right. Um, but we also, we certainly look at the stock market. And so remember a, uh, a few months ago, Carrie, I was talking about the, the four month test with that's where if the stock market was positive for the four months period april through july it was a good indicator that it would be positive by the end of the year okay. i don't know if you remember me talking about that that was, yeah that was at the, after july because right. we met it right mm-hmm. we also met it in 2017 and you know how good 2017 right. turned out to be in the stock market right mm-hmm. well we met it this year in 2018 but now care we've gone to the next you know hyperbolic okay six months Okay. So now we can attach on two more months of positive, you know, the S&P having positive returns now from April, you know, through August, right? Um, Or through September. Right. That is very unusual. Okay. See, it's different this time, right? Um, So it, um, okay. So this is only the sixth time it's ever happened in history. Okay. Okay. So Um, it isn't different. The, um... Okay, so after a rough patch during the first three months of the year, the S&P 500 has posted to six straight months of gains, rising roughly 11% since April 1st. Even better, it's only the sixth time since 1928 that the index has posted gains in each of the separate month from April through September. Okay, and each time it's happened before, the market has gone on to rise still further in the final three months of the year returning a whopping 9.2% on average compared to 1.9% in all other years. Okay? So this is interesting. Um, In fact, whenever a six-month streak occurs, the following three months will see positive returns 85% of the time. Okay? Now, why they're thinking this may be different this time, Carrie, now you can introduce a different time, is because of the November elections. Okay. okay? And they're saying maybe that will change it this time. Um, so when, how was, so when did it happen before? 1935 it happened with a fourth quarter return of 15.9%. It happened again in 1958 with a fourth quarter return of 10.3%. 1980, the fourth quarter return was 8.2%. 2009, you know, after the Great Recession, the fourth quarter return was 5.5%. And of course, last year, 2017, with fourth quarter returns of 6.1%. So, 
Hmm. Are you in the Alfred E. Newman, what me worry camp? Are you in the maybe I should be worried? Um, so that's what, you know, we continue to talk about and say, you know, it's really, you know, are you building a model that says, okay, if you think that this economic downturn is in the picture in the next, maybe you're thinking now, maybe it's not in the next two years, but if you're still thinking if it's the next three to four years, are you building a model that uh, takes into effect to see if, if that does happen, that it will not monetarily affect the longevity of your return or Or do you know how to adjust how that's going to affect you you know a lot of times people worry about these things and maybe you're not spending money or you're building up cash um, a a cash reserve but you really don't have peace of mind um, and you're concerned about this future event which by having these math models and that's exactly what we do we can model and for some people they're going to have to make some bigger adjustments and other people it's really not going to affect the longevity or their spending other people they might have to cut the discretionary spending but at least they can see if those scenarios play out this is how i need to adjust this is how i need to keep myself on track or get on track and well you know what do i need to do to be okay and those are the things that we look at at the estate planning team and you can call the estate planning team remember we offer a free consultation this time of the year we're looking at year-end planning issues and are there steps and strategies you might want to take or implement between now and the end of the year that can minimize future taxes take advantage of opportunities um, especially if you think eventually tax rates are going to go up in the future um there are plenty of opportunities and once this year is over that's it so if you'd like to come in whether you're thinking about retiring you're already retired you have cash flow needs you want to look at your in gifting um you have iras the ira and roth conversion planning you can call the estate planning team for the free consultation at 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com all right um let's see what else is coming up october 15th is nearly here Mm -hmm. and so if you have not filed your 2017 tax return everybody in the studio raise their hands if they haven't filed yet i only see one uh, no, am I the only? Am I, you know, I asked that question at the class the other day, and right. I was the only one that had my hand right. raised. Am I the only one that still files? I don't an extension? know. I just can't do it. I, I, I have I, to file by the April deadline. I, I can't just, do it. I just can't not wait till October fifteenth. I don't know. And I, but you know, I'm weird. I still file in the mail, and, and people look at me and say, "I didn't think that was still possible." Um, but we still have a few people that still. File by complete the tax return by hand. I don't do that, and I no, don't recommend we, that. And the reason why, you know, and and there was one in the well, and when I asked that question too in the class the other night, um, and there was this was the first time in a long time where I didn't have you know one person raise their hand. So hopefully people are getting the idea that it's getting pretty dangerous to try to file your tax return with a pencil and paper. Well, you miss up. I mean, you, chances yeah, yeah. are you're going to miss you some miss, opportunity yeah. that's in your favor. Right. The, the closest one I got to was somebody who said, well, it was a half hand raise because they said that 
they use a software program, but then their spouse goes over it with a pen and pen. Uh, well, that's okay. But that's still, you know, and and that's that that's that combination, right? That's that's where this world is going. You know, it's that it, we have the robots now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and TurboTax to me is a robot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty darn good one. I, there's a few good ones out there, but you know, it's a robot, right? It, you know, and but the idea is. Um, you know, we're not going to be, I, I think there'll be some time before the robots completely replace all our jobs. And I do mm-hmm. think eventually that will happen. Yeah. Um, but it's that idea that for a long, long time, I think it's going to be that combination of the human working with the robot to, you know, do a lot of the work that's being done right now by humans only. Um, all right. Um, so October 15th. So that's the extension date. Also, that's the last date you'll have to ever do a Roth recharacterization, right? Because that's gone under right. the new tax law. So we talk a lot in the class about Roth conversions, and I think that's a great opportunity. Like you're saying, if you've got somebody in the zero bracket and they're not doing more than the required minimum or not even doing, maybe not in the right. required minimum yet, but um, they're retired. But if they can take money out of their tax qualified plans and, and max out their zero bracket, that's like a free Roth conversion. Right. Where some people say, but I'm in a zero tax bracket. I don't need the money. What does it matter? Well, what matters is why would you defer the money? Eventually, you might be yeah, have I mean, to pay taxes. So you have an opportunity to take money that you were planning on deferring, thinking I'm going to pay taxes later in retirement. But now I can take out and not pay any taxes. There's nothing better than that. And yeah. that's a loss. And we see that every year. Right. Maxing out your zero bracket is an opportunity that's gone if you don't do it. You'll never recover that. Um, you know, now it, not everyone's lucky enough to be in a zero bracket. The question is, what's your next threshold? Right. Maybe it's 10%. Maybe it's where your Social Security starts getting taxed. Maybe it's where your Medicare B premiums start going up. You know, maybe it's where you start, uh, you can max out the zero long-term capital gains rate, right? You know, all these arbitrary thresholds that, you know, we, when you're playing the tax limbo game, you know, you're looking out for and saying, okay, now, and that's what we're doing. That's why we're not probably going to have any more classes because we're getting very busy now going into our year-end tax planning because now you, you can't get started too quickly because during the year you could have surprises, right? So now, you know, when the 10 months get done, hopefully the surprises are out of the way and you have a better idea of where you stand from a tax standpoint, how much capital gains have been realized, you know, how much income, you know, has been earned, um, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. right? Um, how much, you know, are, you know, and especially this year, why it's taking extra time is because we have a whole darn new tax law mm-hmm. right and so you gotta you just can't you know you have to get in the new software most people out there if they're using a robot don't, don't even have the new software you you know now us professionals we have professional software that we have the 2018 now new law embedded in so we can start building pro formas and we're doing a lot of you know uh you know coordination with our clients cpas and their tax preparers and you know that's that coordination of advisors that you want to get brainstorming going on you want to be caught you know looking making sure everybody's in agreement and then you know saying okay do i want to make any maneuvers before year end and the thing is you don't want to wait too long 
because you're not the only one in America who's thinking about making maneuvers by year end. So you better watch and you might want to start asking if you are going to planning on doing an IRA distribution or a, a Roth conversion or a qualified charitable rollover. You better find out if your IRA custodian is giving you a drop dead date of when you have to get good paperwork into them so they can guarantee that it'll be done by December 31st. Right. And and it's not just looking at this year and next year. A lot of times, maybe you want to max out the 12% bracket or um, tax rate because you don't, um, because maybe in the future, because depending on how much you have in your IRA, maybe when minimum required hits, you're going to go through a much higher tax bracket. Maybe you're going to be in the 20s. What is it? 25%. Bracket. <clears throat> All right, let's so, you, you know, it's looking at these long-term rates. And actually, if you come in for the free consultation and give us information, we'll show you just a projection as part of it saying, and we'll show you what your effective tax rate is now and through the next, through your life expectancy. And I think people sometimes are surprised, especially if you've accumulated a lot and you have, you have money in your 401k or your IRAs or other assets, how much minimum required distribution might shoot you to those higher brackets, the 22, 24, 32, you know. All right. I've got a rock and roll birthday boomer for you, Carrie. Okay. You did so well in last week's. So yeah, I'm gonna I know. Him, I and, didn't even uh, hear the song last week. Um, all right. So let's see if I can give you, um, she was born on this date in 1946. Okay. So she's a senior 72. baby boomer. Yeah. Yeah. Senior baby boomer, right? Um, she's from Jamaica. Does that help? No. Okay. Um, the daughter of a sugar plantation overseer. Okay. She won her first talent contest at age 12. Wow. Okay. She had her first hit at age 18. Okay. I mean, her breakthrough hit. Okay. It was actually a uh, remake of a 19... 19- so, in 1964 is when she recorded it. Uh, so, she would have been 18, right? Um, it was a remake of a 1950s uh, doo-wop Okay. Song. Okay. Um, but her cover... Sold 7 million copies. Okay. And that's the cut I'm going to play. I'm sure you've heard it before, Karen. Okay. Um, 1964. You're good. I was going to say do wop stuff. I mean, I like the 50s and 60s um, music. I'm sure you've never heard this song before. Okay. Um, but the, let's see. Um, let's see if I can give you a little bit more clues. Uh, it was so it was, it, it was so successful that she's kind of credited with helping like achieve the crossover. Okay. You know, from like Jamaican, you know, reggae music. To kind huh. of like American and, and UK, you know, rock and roll, what they call the blue beat style. Right? Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, she appeared on a 1964 Beatles TV special. Okay. Um, let's see uh, my final clue. Well, there's a, oh, here's a clue. There's a little she said, he said controversy going on. Okay. That happened in the studio in 1964 when she was 18 years old recording the song. Okay, and the he said was none other than Rod the Bod Stewart. Hmm. So um, stay tuned for that story. All right. Um, we've also been talking about our Congress and what bipartisan efforts they are to saving all our retirement plans, right? Mm-hmm. And some people believe that they're not doing enough. Um, and some people, you know, think that they can't get anything done. Um, but you know, other people are hearing about things that they're talking about getting done and getting very excited. And we always say, you know, you can't get too excited about a bill. 
that's being introduced in Congress um, because there's a lot of bills in Congress that don't go anywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, when it really comes down to it, although you may have bipartisan support from either be the House of Representatives or the Senate who go, to go together to, you know, write the bill, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to get bipartisan support when they vote for it. Really? That doesn't. <laughs> I'd like to know right now how many bills get introduced that don't go anywhere. Like what's the proportion that actually go through? And again, you know, it takes a lot of votes to get a tax law passed in this country. You know, you need the 50 votes in the House. The filibuster rule is still in effect. So you still need 60 votes in the Senate. And of course, you need the White House. So it's not too often that any one of our political parties have that much control. All right. That's why, like you just mentioned, it's very difficult to get tax bills passed, permanent tax bills. You know, you know, and that's the idea of the current, you know, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Right. The, 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 um, they, the, you know, the Senate passed that with 51 votes, but it, but the individual tax benefit cuts aren't permanent. Right. They're good. The lower tax tables that you were mentioning and the um, higher federal state tax exemption, you know, that pretty much doubled the old exemption. The current federal state tax exemption is eleven million point one eight. And couples get two of those with the portability. Um, The lower tax tables, as we mentioned, they are not permanent. They're they're voted in until they're in law until twenty twenty five. And then if they are not extended by Congress or made permanent, they will expire in 2026. And we revert back to the previous law. So you hear a lot of times you hear the Republicans talking about income tax cut point two, you know, two point oh. Um, but I don't know if they have enough votes to get that done. Right. But what, so what are some of these? But we've heard about, you know, well, you know, that the by, you know, whether we're each side of Congress you're on, that you are hearing America saying we got a retirement problem. Mm-hmm. All right. You, you know, we've been how long how long have we been talking about the retirement problem? For a long time. All right. Um, it's not you know, your parents' retirement. You it, think about the generation we talked about, you know, when we started, Mark, a company has been around over 30 years. It was the Depression generation. They had great pensions with cost of living increases. Their companies paid their health care supplementals. They really, I mean, uh, you know, as far as their retirement, they didn't have to worry about it. Right. So, okay. So what, so we, let's talk about, a, so some of these that are floating around in a, Hollowed halls of Congress, right? Um, well, one is called the RESA Act, all right, mm-hmm. and that stands for the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act. Okay, now the this is out of the Senate, and this this bipartisan support on the Dems. You had the top Democrat Ron Wyden out of you know Oregon, and on the GAP side, you had the Finance Committee Chairman Orrin Hatch, you know, out of Utah. So they're the ones that presented, and basically, what this is trying to do. Is, um, you know, it's trying to say that one is that they're trying to make changes to the 401k, right? Because a lot of people feel that the 401k has failed. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it was better when we had the defined benefit pension plans 
and as opposed to the 401k, the defined contribution plans. Mm-hmm. Because people, you know, didn't do the 401ks because they weren't mandatory. Right. You know, it wasn't automatic, you know, taken out of their pay. And then we had the lost decade that, that, you know, made your 401ks 201ks, you know, and all the other problems mm-hmm. with it, right? Um, so now they're saying, well, gee, maybe the, those pensions weren't such a bad idea after all. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, so one of the things they're trying to do is, and, and they're still saying, you know, everybody knows that small businesses run a big part of this country and the economy, right? And small business, uh, uh, optimism is at an all time high. You know, the mm-hmm. tax cuts are working, right? We have those small business tax breaks that are coming down the pipe, right? Um, with the new tax law. Now remember the corporate tax changes, Carrie, were permanent. Mm-hmm. Remember the Congress made those permanent. It's the individual tax cuts that aren't permanent. Um, now, so, you know, one of the things is they want to make it it easier and less expensive for the smaller businesses to provide 401k plans for their employees. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and part of that is to allow, you know, MEPs, you know, or multi-employer plans. Right. That's you can have a lot of small businesses come together. So they're cutting the cost of the being the plan administrator. Right. And, and you mentioned working together. So part of the RISA Act is to eliminate the law that restricts that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it restricts it right now to members of like the same industry trade commission or like right. the unions, for example. Right. So they want to say to lift those restrictions so that any small businesses could get together economies of a scale. And that's going to help everybody. Okay. Okay. Um, Another one is they want to, you know, introduce annuities back into the 401k. Right. Because we've talked before where annuities were bad, but, you know, they went from the pensions, the 401k replaced the pensions. But now they're saying, wait a second, you want to make sure that the annuities are available within 401ks as an option for people. Right. And and the idea is that um, they want to provide so that these 401k plans would have to have this. In other words, there would be some type of, uh, you know, you know, some some strategy or some vehicle that would allow the employee in retirement to take their 401k balance and can convert it over to some lifetime income stream. Right. Okay. Um, as opposed to just, you know, keeping it in the, you know, the, the funds that they invested in the 401k. Um, now, the problem in the past has been that why the, why they think the companies never provided annuities in the 401ks was because of liability purposes. In other words, if the company chose, you know, cause as you know, Carrie, any annuity has to be sold by a life insurance company. They're the only ones licensed to sell them, right? Correct. So if the company was going to offer annuities in their 401k, they would have to pick some life insurance company to supply the product. Mm-hmm. And the problem is what happens if that life insurance company goes belly up? Does anybody, by the way, does anybody remember AIG in 2008? Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, anyone around here remember, you know, the 403B and Valak? You know, Valak, which was, you know, the AIG's annuity business that did a lot of, you know, pension annuities and 403Bs. Maybe one of the reasons why the government determined that AIG was too big to fail. Hmm. Anyone think about that? Um, so that's, so that's why they think that the companies have been, you know, not too anxious about <laughs> providing right. uh, annuities in their 401k options, right? So what RISA wants to do is, uh, you know, protect the companies. Okay. And say that, 
um, they wouldn't be personally liable if the life insurance company went bad. Okay, so they figure that, you know, and kind of go from that. Now, I can hear all the people out there saying, oh, I hate annuities and you should too. Right. And, um, and you know, and, and, you know, all the people that say you, you can't, you know, that don't think that guaranteed income or that they have a better way of getting you guaranteed income in retirement, you know, just taking withdrawals, you know, from your 60-40 portfolio. Right? Um, but how have annuity sales been doing, Carrie? Hmm. Phenomenal, actually. Let's see. Second quarter total annual sales skyrocket. This is out of Limera. Okay. Um, Fixed index annuity sales generated some heat in the second quarter. FIA sales were $17.6 billion, 17% higher than second quarter 2016 and 21% higher than the first quarter. Um, total annuity sales were $59.5 billion, a 10% increase over the second quarter of 2017 results, and 50% higher than the first quarter. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, apparently I hate annuities and you should too isn't necessarily working, right? Because I guess there's a lot of people saying maybe those fixed annuities weren't such a bad idea. Um, but it's also never a good idea to put everything in one concept, Right. Like annuities aren't good or bad, but you necessarily shouldn't put a hundred percent of everything you own into an annuity either. Right. Which, which, you know, basically, um, you know, came out of a, um, it was actually a white paper carry by uh, Steve Vernon. And he, he's out of, he's a research scholar out of Stanford center of longevity. And he's kind of credited with, um, the idea of what he's calling the, these 401k should have an income menu. Um, and what, what, what his idea was, um, it was an interesting, you know, a very interesting, um, paper he wrote, but basically what he was saying is that he, he would like to say that the companies would have to, you know, the government would, would man, make this mandatory, right? Um, that it would create like a safe harbor for an employee to have an, a, a retirement income menu, you know, when they were leaving the company. Okay. Like 401k. And that the the plan sponsor would offer at least three distinct retirement income options, okay, that the workers could choose one if they wanted. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first one was installment payments with invested assets with the goal that the payments would last for life, but no guarantee. That's just Mm -hmm. like saying, let's keep it going and, and do my stuff. A second one was a lifetime annuity guaranteed by an insurance company. That's taking the 401k and in getting an annuity, you know. Right. Okay. Um, a third option would be a period certain payout to help retirees optimize the Social Security if they retire before optimal age to start Social Security. And then it would be like a bridge payment. In other words, because remember we say, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how I'm going to afford to wait to my Social Security age right. 70. So what they were saying is uh, the 401k would have some type of bridge payment that could cover that. Okay. Interesting, right? All right. So here's our rock and roll right there. Here's our Jamaican, 18 year old. Okay. Of course, you know her name, right? Okay. Nope. S- sold 7 million copies, Carrie. Yeah. I wasn't born yet, so. Okay. Her name is Millie Small. Oh, yeah. I would have never got that. Okay. It's a big hit. She was um, crossover. She was kind of credited with making reggae okay. somewhat internationally. No, because she left Jamaica and went to the UK first. Okay. And then she broke in the States. So, which leads us to 
my he said, she said moment. And let's see if that's coming up. And the controversy is around this right now. The harmonica? Who is playing the mouth organ? I have no idea. Well, she always claimed it was Rod Stewart. Okay. Okay. And Rod Stewart always said it wasn't. Why would he deny? Yeah. Well, that, I, why would you say? Why wouldn't you want credit for uh, to be on a hit that made that many copies? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard of Rod's. So Stewart. to the day, it's still unclear who played the harmonica. <laughs> Urban maybe, Let. Or, maybe no, it looked like Rod. You know, Ur- Urban Legend. <laughs> How could you? I don't know if you can. Uh, she says she remembers. Oh, well, here. Okay. Urban Legend credited Rod Stewart for many years, but he has denied it. Instead. It was almost certainly either Pete Hogman or Jimmy Powell, both of the five uh, from the five dimension, fifth, the five dimension thing. So Pete Hogman and Five Dimensions guitarist Kenny White both maintain it was Pete. Okay, while Jimmy Powell asserts that it was he. So there's a lot of people saying I did it. Right? Who would say if I if it sold that many copies and I was on it, I'd be like, yeah, that was me. If it was me. Yeah, they're looking for <laughs> yeah, they're looking for some uh, you know uh, royalties, right? Heck yeah. You know, um, now, um, Millie Small, in an interview with journalist Tom Graves in August of 2016, okay, insists that it was Rod Stewart. Okay. (laughs) We don't know. I don't know. All right. So that's our, you know, but it was a great song. Yeah, I've never heard that one. What's it called? You don't know. You don't, oh. What's the name of the song? I'm trying to listen to the words. My boy lollipop here. It was originally my girl lollipop because remember it was a, the 50s hit. Okay, the guy sang it, so it was my girl lollipop. Of course, okay. they had to change it up a little bit. When, right. When you know, yeah, it's been covered a few times. All right. Maybe, maybe you know, um, maybe Lady Gaga will do a new cover of this. Yeah. There you go. Well, regardless, if you need help with any of your financial issues and want to look how our process is different and how we use the math modeling to give people peace of mind, get more net benefit, and understand the choices that you have available, whether you're working or in retirement, you can call the estate planning team, take advantage of the free consultation. We'll also take a look at your in planning opportunities, especially if you're someone who is in retirement. Don't miss out. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Um, midterms coming up, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to start talking about midterms and how oh, it may affect your <laughs> finances, right? And, you know, again, if you think that, you know, that the Dems only agenda is, you know, me too impeach. Or, yeah. you know, the Dems think the GOP's only agenda is tax cuts for the rich. Mm-hmm. I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but we're going to start talking about what is happening. I'll continue talking about the 401k plans. All right. Have a good week, everybody. week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 thanks for listening 
The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.